Welcome everyone to Hope as a Strategy, where my guests share their stories of resiliency and persistence, shining a light on hope. My guest today is Andrea Rojas. Andrea lived in lives in Jupiter, Florida, but she's originally from Queens, New York. Welcome, Andrea. How are you this morning? Hi, good morning, Linda. Uh, I'm excellent. How are you? I am fabulous, enjoying a beautiful day. So uh, just wanted to uh, share your story with, uh, with the listeners today. Um, I want to reflect on a time when uh, you observed or recognized that positive power within yourself to make a real change in your life. And can you tell us a little bit about that situation? Yes. Um, well, uh, about six years ago now, 2016, um, I was in a seven-year marriage that was very abusive, um, not only physically, which was most of it, but it was a lot of uh, mental, verbal, emotional, financial abuse, sexual abuse. So it was kind of like the whole gamut of domestic violence. And, you know, um, while we were dating, I saw a little bit of it, but I, I mostly saw the good side. And, you know, he, you know, when I started living with him, he kind of showed all his colors and, um, you know, my family didn't like him, but I was so in love that I thought, oh, I'm loyal. I thought I can change him like a lot of us women do. So what um, positive thing that happened was um, in June, early June of 2016, um, I already been planning to leave. So since January, I made a new year pact that I would leave. I have to get out for my, now myself, my daughter, she was five at the time. And, um, you know, I guess that Thursday evening, he is a chef. So um, I was the manager at the same restaurant he was at. And so, you know, I was home and um, actually, um, yeah. And he came home drunk. He was an alcoholic, like a lot of them are. And, you know, he found, he saw that I had taken some money out of our bank account. Um, and he is very controlling with money, pretty much with everything. But, you know, if any penny was missing, he was asking me about it. So I had to make up a story and say, oh, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> to be honest with you. And, um, I was using the money to, to leave. So, um, he basically looked at me and slapped me like point blank. And that continued for several hours. Like he was hitting me, punching me, kicking me. I mean, it was just like, I had bruises all over my body, my face. And basically what I tried to do was call him down. And I kind of had a click in my head saying, I cannot live like another, day like this I mean this is just killing me every day in fear so I kind of made you know I had a lot of hope in God that I would get out and I said I have to get out like now so basically that night he I calmed him down he passed out basically and he had taken my phone for some reason and I didn't know where my phone was so I had I found it under the bed and what I did was I quickly took the phone went to the bathroom, took pictures of all my bruises on my body, um, my face and put the phone back. So he wouldn't, you know, see that I took it. And I 
before that, I emailed the pictures to my Gmail account. So I would have evidence, you know, for the police, for court or whatever. Um, and then the next morning, he was very calm. He was like, okay, you want to separate? You can have Alex. Let's give up the apartment and we'll go our separate ways. And I'm like, really? And it was very calm. So when they're calm, I knew something was up. Like he was plotting something because, you know, that's not like him. He's usually very angry or in a rage. So I was so nervous. I was just like praying to God every moment in my head. I'm like, please get me out of here safely. And um, so what I did, what he said was, why don't I go with Alex to the cafe on the corner, which we'd normally go to, and you go up to the landlord and, you know, give up the apartment. And I'm like, that's, that's ridiculous. Why don't we all go? And he was like, no, I don't want to be seen with you or something stupid like that. And I'm like, okay. So I kept praying <laughs> and I'm like, I hope this is, you know, I'm going to leave like, just like that. I don't know. That was too easy. So, um, I went to the landlord. I came back. I went to the coffee shop. Nobody was there. So I, I was really nervous. I was like, oh my God, he took Alex. And for the grace of God, like some about 10 NYPD officers were there on the same street on another incident. And it was just like, God was telling me, this is your way out. So I ran to them. I'm like, please help me. Um, you know, obviously they saw my bruises, you know, he beat me up and he took my daughter, you know, can you please find him? So they were like, all right, just relax. They called him. He came by, he came back within five minutes um, with Alex. Alex was fine. They questioned him across the street. They questioned me and basically they arrested him. Um, and then when they put the handcuffs on him, finally, it was, it was like surreal. Like I'm watching like a movie, you know, um, happening. It, it was like so surreal that this was happening finally. Right. And I just kept, you know, pushing through, like trying to stay positive and hopeful and still praying to God. And he looked at me like he had this look, like, I'll never forget this look like, you know, Oh, you finally did it. You finally got me arrested. You finally got me in handcuffs. And it was almost like, you know, I'll never forget this moment, but I'll still get you that kind of. Look. So I was, um, you know, whatever. So I went to the uh, precinct with my, with my daughter. We made a report. There was a female officer took pictures of me, uh, of the bruises. And then the report explained what happened. And then basically New York law or pretty much any law in the, in the U.S., states that he, they can get out that night or the next day because you know if not trying to kill me was you know bad enough they have to let him out so quickly um you know so this is what frustrates me about the laws but anyway so i after that i ran home because the um precinct was so close to my house um i packed a bag a passport you know important papers. I call my parents, my sister who lived in Florida also. Um, and I said, please help me. You know, I explained to them what happened. And my sister got me a flight quickly um, to Fort Lauderdale. And they said, just come, we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, so I got to LaGuardia um, at the airline and the airline ticket agent said, my flight was at three. And so she said, well, we have a one o'clock flight 
for $50 more, would you like it? And I was like, yes, get me out of here for this nightmare. And it was like the last 50 bucks in my pocket. I only had $5 left. And whatever little clothes I had, I was like, you know, I had nothing. But, but I had my daughter, basically. So that was everything for me. And I got, until I got into that plane, Linda, like, finally I could breathe because I was, my heart was, be- you have no idea how hard, fast my heart was beating. And then finally I was like, I pushed through, I pushed through, I stayed, you know, positive and I was praying to God and I finally, you know, got through and I landed in the airport in Fort Lauderdale and everything was, you know, fine. Thank God. And, um, um, my parents hugged me, they were crying. My sister was crying. So it was just like, you know, my family was there for me and my daughter was fine. And, um, you know, after that, um, basically I put in, um, he tried calling, but, um, I put in a restraining order for New York and the state of Florida. And then my mom spoke to him and said, if you ever come near my daughter or my daughter again, I'll kill you. So he, after that, that was it. And then I changed my number. I got off social media, you know, it's, um, I kind of rebuild my life, basically. Wow, that's a very impactful story. And yeah, from knowing you, you're you're so you're so uplifting. You're you're so happy. <laughs> Obviously, that was a, a definite good move. And your daughter is doing well. Yeah, she is. She is. She's in. Very she good. just started sixth grade, and you know she's well adjusted. So. Very good. Oh, that's awesome. Um, in these last few minutes, um, what, what advice or what message would you give to someone in your similar position? Uh, what advice? Well, um, I've, I've spoken to, I've read other women who have been in worse situations than me. And, you know, um, there is always hope. So I always had hope that I was not gonna, I had, I had that inner drive in me that said, I can get out of this. You know, I don't have to live like an animal, you know, I, um, God has a lot of plans for me. That's why I was born, you know, so, you know, that's why I have a daughter. I mean, the only positive thing about this was I had a beautiful daughter but if, if you're in it and there's so many women still in it and um it's really hard to leave when you're in it that's what a lot of outside people don't understand um because you know you you live not only that you live in fear every day because you're basically you don't know what state they're going to come in and you're afraid to get hit again and whatever um so when you try to leave they're either going to hurt you worse or they're going to try to attempt to kill you. So um, it's not a choices there. <laughs> I mean, um, to get out, but um, I spoke to a nonprofit that number one. So number one is I did get to resources. I um, went online. I looked at like nonprofits that help women of domestic violence or victims um, and they gave, they were very helpful. So I spoke to a advocate, and she gave me some advice I should do to start planning, to open up a secret bank account, um, to have something if you work at the office, like a bag with your stuff, with your important papers, um, get, be prepared. 
you know, and then start planning. And um, it, I was even going to go to a shelter um, because, you know, I didn't want my family to be involved in this. I didn't want to worry them. I didn't want to leave New York. I didn't want to come to Florida at all. Um, but, you know, so they gave me some shelters, you know, the locations. Um, and I got legal aid. I got legal advice also. Um, because I, you know, I wanted full custody. And um, so they helped me out. So I would advise doing that. I read some books that helped. Um, I'm also a survivor of child sex abuse. So I feel like that has a lot to do with the correlation because when you, um, when I was, when I met him, my self-esteem and self-worth was very low and I kind of attracted, you know, that type of person, you know, he was a narcissist. So I feel like I was reading that, um, books and that kept me positive and get me ways to, you know, to get out and, um, and just, you know, stay positive and do not lose hope and, um, talk to someone. I mean, a lot of, a number of people knew what was going on. Like his boss knew, my boss knew, um, you know, our neighbors knew because our neighbors called the police a few times and I never, I was so afraid to have him arrested before. I didn't have the courage at that moment, but that night, you know, it kind of, it was like a light bulb. Um, and, you know, tell your family, tell a friend, um, tell the, you know, if you can, the cops, but um, ultimately I did tell the cops and I did have him arrested. So if you plan to get out, do, you know, if you get that, that one, that one night or day that he's abusing you, um, do go to the cops, call 911 and call the cops and then get out, go to a shelter, go to a family friend, you know, change your number, um, get off social media because you don't want people to know where you are or him, obviously. And, um, you know, and rebuild again. And also while I was doing this that year in 2016, I was getting therapy because to deal with all this and go to work and be a mother to a five-year-old, it's a lot. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> it, I'm not like, you know, um, quote unquote, normal mother who's just working and doing life and being a mother. No, I have this other thing on top of me every day. And it's just like, I'm living two different lives, you know? So, uh, get therapy, even if you're in a group, like there's a lot of uh, Facebook groups, um, that are geared to women who are, are abused, who, um, you know, is in a similar domestic violence group. There's lots of groups like that. So, so know that you're not alone. Um, and get the support and, and help that you need. And maybe someone in your area is feeling, going through the same thing and you can really support each other. And if, if there's, some, there's an emergency, you can help each other, call each other out. So that, that's what I did. And look, all those steps led to me getting out and look where I am today. Wow, what a powerful story. And you and your daughter do, do art together and- we do and you're looking to be a curator at a museum i love that yes yes i yeah. am following yeah. the dream <laughs> working towards working towards your big dream right 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 so oh. um definitely much better place than you were before so 
Andrea, I appreciate you sharing your story so much. And um, we'll follow up with you soon. I want to hear how the rest of it goes. Wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. And just, you know, uh, I guess my last um, message is um, it's not impossible. So if you have that big dream that you want to be a doctor or I don't know, um, uh, a nurse or a coach even, um, you can have all that, but you just have to believe and do affirmation. Like I've been doing affirmations. Like I am, I am successful. I am uh, strong. You do that every morning and then, you know, have that ingrained in your psyche. Um, it'll happen and you'll be out. That helps a lot. I love the I am's. Yes, me too. It's a, it's a definitely <laughs> wonderful way to refocus yourself every morning. Yes. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. Pleasure. All Have right. a great Labor Day. You too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you.